Oftentimes, when we talk about changing our lifestyles, the natural urge is to ask ourselves what we can add to our lives to make it better. But it's actually subtraction that gets you the life of your dreams. Our life does speak to us, much like our body. Our bodies will tell us that something needs to change by sending signals like fatigue or physical discomfort or whatever, right? In a similar fashion, life will tell us something needs to change by sending us obstacles or delays or difficult people, whatever. The trick is to take notice of when life is speaking to you as soon as possible so you can course correct. And if you don't, life will start screaming at you by forcing you out of situations. And usually, it's not pretty. So it's better to just do preventative maintenance and edit your life on a regular basis. I'm actually surprised I didn't do this episode earlier because I joke around and I call myself the queen of deletion. I'm always like editing my closet, getting rid of clothes that don't resonate with me. I'm always, always editing my social media feeds. Um, yeah, if anyone is qualified to teach you how to drop something and never look back, it's me. <laughs> Okay, so here's a few reasons why this matters. Three of them. The way you live your life communicates what's important to you, and that determines the trajectory of your life. I actually have a podcast episode called Your Life is a Message, so I'll link that in the show notes in case you haven't listened to it yet. And another reason why this matters is because editing is an important part of effective living. Right, So if you want a life of impact, make friends with that delete button because you can't necessarily positively impact people if you're weighed down with your own shit. You know what I'm saying? And finally, another reason why editing your life really matters is because it increases your ability to focus on and give energy to the things that really matter. And I think it's important to note here that we're not editing for perfection, okay? So let's get that straight. We're not editing our lives for the appearance of perfection. When I talk about editing in this sense, I'm talking about giving you tools to notice when life is speaking to you and helping you respond accordingly, right? I can't promise that listening to this episode is going to magically change your life, but I can promise that if you apply this information and you're consistent with it and you're strict with yourself and your commitment to applying it, your life will magically change. And I can say that for a fact because I did this and my life changed. So editing, what does that mean? Well, editing is about the strict elimination of the trivial unimportant or irrelevant Ill, Ill, irrelevant it is the art of using subtraction to add more life deciding to cut options can be terrifying i'm not gonna front girl i'm not gonna lie it is it is scary but the fact is that is the essence of decision making of editing in fact the latin root of the word decision is cis or sid which literally means to cut or to kill <laughs> okay so the things that you cut from your life makes each activity or project that you keep count for more to edit your life means you've committed to wasting less energy 
You're killing off dead weight. You're making less count for more. That is at the heart of slow living, which I believe is the path to consciousness. Slow living, being a ruthless editor, that is the path to the life of your dreams. Editing your life rewards you with quality experiences, memories, and people. And isn't that what we all want? So what exactly are we editing here? We're editing out the noise. Almost everything is noise. Things like misaligned commitments. So what have you agreed to? Are you making promises that you don't want to keep? Are you still interacting with people, things, and places that no longer resonate with you? We're editing out constricting schedules. So what you're spending your time on. Are you always busy and overwhelmed because there's so much to fit in? Are you mismanaging your time because you've mismanaged your energy? When you don't have an understanding of how you operate, of how your energy gets activated, of course it's going to be easier to dishonor yourself by scheduling your time away on things that you don't even really care about. And here's just a note. Your commitments and your schedule, they are correlated, but they're two different things. And that's why I listed them separately. Because it's possible to fill up your schedule even if you haven't committed to something or something else, right? Okay, moving on. We're editing things like expired friendships. I had to learn that a friendship doesn't have to go bad for it to expire. You don't have to keep someone in your life just because they've been in your life. We're also editing things like media and entertainment that promotes aggression. You are what you eat, whether you consume that mentally, emotionally, or literally. Um, When I was growing up, my parents, they would always monitor what I listened to. And back then I hated it. But now that I'm older, I realize the importance of monitoring what you listen to. Not for religious reasons the way it was back then, but for energetic reasons. Because sound travels through you. You've heard of sound healing, I'm assuming, maybe. I don't know, but sound healing is a thing. In the same sense, if you're constantly surrounding yourself with sounds that vibrate on lower streams of consciousness, and those vibrations are literally moving through us, that's a proven fact, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think? Now, this is not to say that you have to cut out aggressive music and entertainment and media altogether. I love me some Meg The Stallion. I love it. But treat it like a dessert. Small doses, right? I don't listen to Meg The Stallion every day. A good book editor must be ruthless in their pursuit of making every word count, right? And in the same way, you must be ruthless in making every moment count. So this goes back to the Your Life is a Message episode. So yeah, check that out in the show notes for more. When I was doing this editing process for myself, one of the harder decisions that I had to make was scaling back my time spent in conversations with people who aren't going where I'm going. And that was a really hard decision to make. I struggled with it. I spent much more time on it than I should have uh, than I should have. Because I didn't want my friends to think that I thought I was better than them. But here's the thing. The more you allow yourself to interact with things that don't align, (laughs) that don't allow, that don't align with your future, you block your blessings. Okay? 
to edit your life is to protect yourself. It's a protection of your energy and your future. And it's not just people that we're protecting ourselves from, okay? It's mindsets, it's identities, it's bad habits. We edit those things because those are the things that stop us from being great. So, what does this look like in real life application? That looks like mastering the art of saying no. It means enjoying the perks of being unavailable. It looks like setting up systems that make your life easier. Here's an example of a system. So, uh, once upon a time, I was emailing back and forth with this lady. And her email signature really stood out to me. It said, It's normal for me to take two days to read, reflect, and respond to my emails. The culture of constant busyness does not work very well for the way I live my life. Talk to you soon. And I thought that was genius. That is setting up systems. That is editing your life in such a way that you can focus on what matters, on what truly matters to you. And I loved it so much because honestly, if someone has a problem that you're setting up your life to work for you, those ain't your peoples, okay? (laughs) It takes boldness to stand up for yourself in that way, and I really admired her for holding her ground on that. You you know I stole that one. I'm going to take this and apply it to my life. Thank you. So just to finish this section about real-life application, I wanted to end it with saying there's this um, spending mantra that I used to use when I was building up my money management skills. And that mantra is called save the swipes. And basically the thinking behind this mantra is to be very intentional with what you swipe your card for. And I think that this could apply beautifully with the concept of editing your life. What makes you want to swipe right? Save your swipes for those things. At the end of the day, no matter what method you choose, editing your life ultimately boils down to being strict with yourself, you know? It means that you have your eyes on the prize because you know you're meant for first place and you're not allowing yourself to settle for that second spot. Okay, so we're going to pivot a bit and talk about what it takes to be a good editor. Being a master editor of your life requires exercising your power of choice. Choose the vital few. So the vital few is what you have decided is most important to you. The vital few is like your blueprint for life. So for example, my vital few, I have four. Um, My first one is doing what I love for a living. I've had too many jobs that I hate and working somewhere I don't want to work makes me hate my life. I get so severely depressed. I know it's, I mean, maybe it's dramatic. I don't know, but I fucking hate it. My soul screams. So for my own mental health, for my own soul health and well-being, I am not available for a nine to five. That is my vital few. I must do what I love for a living. I must. Um, another one, uh, being around people who are going where I'm going. This is so important to me because I have stunted my own growth because I was trying to be nice to people. Um, you know, I was trying to be nice by spending time with people who used up all my good energy and me, I felt like maybe I could lift them up. Maybe I could, you know, change them and get them to where I'm going. No. Okay. You want this good energy I got, you better come correct with your own good energy. You got to vibrate a little bit higher if you're trying to connect with me, boo. And that's, it's that on that. I, I don't feel sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Mm. 
Okay, another vital few for me. Intuitive eating and intuitive movement. So I let my body choose what I want to eat and when and how to move because she knows what I need to live a long life. So I don't question her. Even if it's the most expensive thing on the menu, I don't question it because I'm resonating with that thing for a reason. If I feel like dancing for five minutes in the middle of something, I don't care. I I get up and do it. I love life and I want to live it for as long as I can. So eating what my body says to eat and moving in the way that she says to move is what's important to me. Um, and a final vital few to share with you. For me, it's being in nature. Like being in nature really energizes my spirit. I am a fixed earth sign, okay? So connecting to nature feels like connecting to myself. Me and the sun have a whole love thing going on. I have secret love affairs with the moon. Like I must commune with nature. So those four are only a few examples of the things that make me feel like a fuck yes. And really, at the heart of this whole editing your life thing, that's what it's about. It's about simplification. When you have your vital few established, it's easier to make decisions. It's easier to cut the dead weight and say yes only to what gives you life because you've taken all the guesswork out, right? Ah. If I get an invitation to go somewhere and do something that doesn't align to my vital few, I don't have to spend time agonizing on how I'm going to answer them. I've already edited my availability for certain types of activities. So there's a certain mindset that we need to be in if we want to edit effectively. We got to put our scientist hat on here, okay? Becoming the scientist means that you're asking the questions. So things like, what kind of life would make me jealous? Is my health helping or harming my purpose in life? Or if you know me, you know I prefer the term North Star, but whatever. Um, questions like, how do I feel after hanging with my friends? How often do I express various forms of love? Am I comfortable with that? Is that something I want to change? Would I be satisfied with my life if I were to die tomorrow? Do I spend my time using my strengths? Am I living how I want to be remembered? And of course, that's not even like the tip of the iceberg, but that's just to get the wheels turning. What and how can you optimize? Becoming a scientist also means that you're testing and experimenting. And this is where that open growth mindset comes into play because it's not about having the perfect life, like I mentioned earlier. It's about finding a lifestyle that fits in perfectly for you and your mission. So in the editing process, sometimes you have to try things on. You have to try different things to see what fits. Like when I'm editing certain parts of my book, sometimes I got to try on a few different words before I settle on the one that makes the sentence flow the best. And in the same way, sometimes editing your life means trying on new ways of thinking, trying on new interests, trying on new experiences until you discover what fits the best for you. So a recent experiment I did, and you might have heard of this in another episode. I, I'm sorry, girl. So all this year, I've been writing resumes. And in October, I started getting curious. I started asking the questions. I started wondering what it would be like if I just stopped writing resumes for seven days. Now, I'm really good at resumes, but I fucking hate doing resumes. <laughs> 
But I did the resumes for the longest time because I thought that that was the most logical thing to do as I was building up my podcast. But it sucked all the life and joy for me. And in that experiment to stop doing resumes, I gave myself only a week. I was afraid to do it, but I was like, okay, I believe that the thing that you're most afraid of is the thing that you need to do first. And so I just gave myself a week. Let me interrupt myself. Giving yourself deadlines for these experiments relieves the pressure. That's why you set the deadline, right? You don't have to commit to anything until after you figure out if you like it or not. And that's really one of the most beautiful things about the human mind. We can change our minds at any time, so it's okay. You can set this little experiment up. It could be an eight-hour experiment. It really doesn't have to be doesn't have to be long. This is just, we're just trying things on so you can just learn about yourself. But anyway, back to the story. So by the end of the week of me not doing any resumes, it was time to evaluate. How did it feel not doing resumes for a week? Fucking amazing. Okay. What did I learn? Resumes make my soul cry. And now is this a permanent edit I'd like to make? You're damn right. Now, what started as a one-week experiment accidentally turned into a whole new way of life that I am not mad at. I can't imagine going back. I can't go back. I'm spoiled here. That's what I love about this exercise the most, about being the scientist, is because it doesn't take a lot of effort or commitment, but the discoveries you make are the most impactful. Mm. So after you've made these edits, how do you keep them alive? Well, this is where self-discipline and willpower come in. Self-discipline is freedom from yourself. I actually have a whole episode about self-discipline, so I'm going to link that in the show notes so you can listen to that. And willpower, yeah. In my How to Shift Reality Part 3 episode, I talked about how willpower is the human's commitment to the divine vision. So I'll leave that episode link in the show notes as well, but... Those are the two things to keep your edits alive. To end this episode, editing your life boils down to making better decisions about how you spend your resources. Because how you spend your days is how you spend your life. Are you happy with what you're saying yes to?